When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If only they knew she had the power. This week, on our very first Listener Chosen episode, Stephen King's Carrie. Hi, everybody. Welcome to a very special Teen Creeps. I'm one of your hosts, Lindsay Katai. I'm another one of your hosts, Kelly Nugent. And we will be uh, playing you an episode on Stephen King's Carrie, which is very exciting. Yay. It was our very first outside genre episode for our $10 Patreon uh, supporters. And we're giving it to you as a preview. Here's why we're doing that. <laughs> um, as you may or may not have heard, Feral Audio is shutting down. It will be no more <laughs> yeah. because... Its founder, Dustin Marshall, um, an ex-girlfriend of his, shared her story of um, their abusive relationship. He was um, abusive emotionally, sometimes physically, yeah. it seemed, uh, and psychologically abusive. As soon as we saw her statement, we reached out to her and let her know that she had her full support and... We were ready to leave Farrell altogether, like ASAP. Um, shortly after that, Dustin said that he would be dissolving Farrell himself. So instead of Farrell, there will be a new network in place run by Starburns Industries. It will be SBI Audio. Uh, we were invited to join that network, and we are choosing not to. We are not making this decision because of anybody at Farrell, um, everybody at Farrell was so supportive, really nice staff. They helped us with ad management and just boosting our signal. Yeah. We have way more listeners now, thanks to Farrell. Um, so it's not anything to do with them. But we are aware that Dan Harmon comes with his own problems. So we are hesitant to jump out of the frying pan and into the fire. <laughs> With, yeah, we don't we don't know details of of his life, but we do know that he doesn't treat his writing staffs great, and particularly the women on his writing staffs. Um, one of his community writer, writers, uh, Megan Gans, went back and forth with him a bit on Twitter today. Oddly enough, we saw this right after <laughs> releasing our own statement uh, saying that we wouldn't be joining SBI Audio. Anyway, we we got into this way more. So we wrote up like a longer definitive statement about Dustin's actions with Abby and behavior after she came out with her story. If you want to read that, you can go to our website, teencreepspod.com. Click on the blog slash news heading and the post is there. Um, yeah. 
So yeah, do you have no? Yeah, (laughs) go ahead and check that out. And um, so yeah, this does mean I know that a lot of you guys have had some questions about, you know, what does this mean for our show? Mm -hmm. Um, Our show has always been self-produced. We have always had one hundred percent control over the content and. Um, and the way we record. Yeah, the way we record. And when the, we record. When. <laughs> and how. With whom, how. We're sitting on Kelly's couch right now, yeah. just holding a couple of microphones, yeah. which we've done before and we can always do. Yeah. So uh, we will never not make this podcast. This podcast is still going to still come out. Um, but it does mean that uh, there are a couple of things that we wanted to highlight, um, which is namely our Patreon uh, because that is going to be the thing that's going to help us keep making this podcast. A yeah. lot of the costs of our podcast, like bandwidth, uh, the hosting, um, signal boosting, all of that stuff was absorbed. That cost was absorbed by Feral. And now that we're on our own and we have such like a bigger listener base, thanks to um, the, the, the staff yeah. at Feral, we want to keep getting out to you guys and to and yeah. to keep doing that. So we will be paying for hosting now. Yeah. That that is going to be that us is the big it. effect of of choosing not to stick with Starburns network. Yeah. So in the interim, in this period, Lindsay and I are absorbing the cost of this. Um and that means that we need your help now more than ever. Yeah. Um and so we wanted to have to to make a couple of exciting announcements. We had a meeting ju- just now. <laughs> just now about what we wanted to do with our Patreon. And it actually like created some really cool ideas that we're excited to share with you guys. And addressed something that we kind of already wanted to do, uh, which is um, make sure that more people can afford to listen to our outside genre episode. Yeah. So we we are changing that tier a little bit. Yeah. So we just, we wanted to make sure we're, giving as much value to subscribing on our Patreon as possible. And so we've come up with some new tiers. Yeah. Um, so we are, uh, our tiers are going to be, the smallest tier is $1. That's going to stay the same. Mm-hmm. You the get reward our, there is you get our thanks. You get our eternal gratitude. You're going to yes. get me like whispering your name as I fall asleep each night. Like that's yeah. what's going to happen. It will go out into the ether and then rest in your heart. Absolutely. Just as you rest in ours. It's going to land right on your heart and give it a little kiss. Yeah. A little heart kiss. heart kiss. And you'll be like, did I want that? I guess. I guess. (laughs) All right. Intrusive. Intrusive. Um, Our next tier is going to be our $5 tier. So our $5 tier already existed, obviously. Uh, What our $5 uh, subscribers have always gotten was one mini-sode a week. Mm Mm-hmm. 15 minutes to half an hour, usually sometimes longer. Yeah. <laughs> um, you will still get that. You'll get a sticker. And you'll get our sticker. And what you will also get now, which we spent a lot of time figuring out. And then like came to the conclusion and then we're like, what? Yes. yes. Why yeah, we're gonna do we that. already have this as a podcast? <laughs> so uh, our $5 listeners will now have an extra episode a week. In addition to the minisodes, we are still doing... <laughs> A 15-minute to half-hour mini-soda week based on something inspired by that week's book. Mm-hmm. So like this week, our mini-soda is us discussing 
us discussing. I'm sorry. I'm laughing because Kelly started coughing, but I hope that she's not dying. Uh, I'll continue. So this week's mini-sode that our $5 uh, Patreon, Patreon patrons are getting is us talking about real-life instances of uh, telekinesis for our episode on Carrie. Uh, so the, that's just the kind of quality content you already get. In addition to that, we will be beginning a feature called Teen Creeps Presents Public Domain Theater. What does that mean? Well, what else could it mean? <laughs> what else idiot. could it mean? You, you fucking, fucking stupid dumbass. <laughs> so what that means is once a week, Kelly and I will be reading a chapter from a book that is in the public domain. And we will be providing commentary on that chapter as we go. And this is going to include all that stuff that you guys uh, cite as some of your favorite things, which is our silly little voices, our silly little mm-hmm. characters, our our sarcastic remarks about uh-huh. the about the content. So um, we're just bringing you more of what thoughts, you people want. Feelings, thoughts, feelings. Uh, uh, also, you'll get to hear us read aloud from books such as Little Women, Wuthering Heights, Wizard of Oz, Sherlock Holmes. Probably Moby Dick, right? Yeah, that that's old as that's shit. That's old as shit. So as shit. this is a the kind of book you'll get, and b the kind of brilliant like scintillating commentary as well. So we'll be reading Moby Dick. And we'll be like, oh damn, this book's old as shit. <laughs> that's what you'll be, be getting. In the public domain. <laughs> oh, it's old yeah. as shit. So that's our five dollar tier mm-hmm. sticker mini sode public domain theater. Mm-hmm. Our last tier is going to be basically the, what our ten dollar tier used to be, which is price, which is one full, additional full length episode per month on a book that is outside our usual genre. So an outside genre episode, and this book is chosen by that month's raffle winner from that tier. Right. Um, however. The price is going to be reduced to eight dollars. Uh-huh. So you get bargain the full once a month outside genre episode. You, you are entered, into, entered the into the raffle to pick that book. You get our public domain theater episodes. Mm-hmm. You get our mini sodes, mm-hmm. and you get a sticker. Yeah, yep. And our thanks, and our and our thanks on each level. Yeah. So that's that's all, folks. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think oh, I'm feeling so befuddled as to how to describe these things. No, it's 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 challenging. Ugh. Also, I'm like all these details. Yeah, dying. my throat started to hurt. Mine's like th- hurting and super itchy. Mine too. Okay, this is a legit theory. Telekinesis, sort of. <laughs> the writers of Scrub. The writers of Scrubs. Oh no! No, don't give this away for free. Don't give it away for free. That's just another sneak peek (laughs) of what you get on our mini sodes. Tune in this week's mini sode. Mm -hmm. That will make sense to you. Mm -hmm. Right now, it doesn't. Legit theory: We both come from backgrounds of abuse. Mm -hmm. We were just talking about Dustin Marshall being abusive to an ex girlfriend. Mm -hmm. We're feeling a little bit stressed. Mm I think maybe it made both our throats hurt. I think the stress. I think our throats got tight. We're having like stress induced throat hurting because it's honestly, yeah, <laughs> it's like, really bad. When I read my sweet Audrina, I my knee went out. 
My knee just so straight knee up did went go out. Do you remember that? Listen. I, I got up from the couch. My knee fucking hurt. I couldn't stand on it right. Next day, it was even worse. It was like that for two weeks. Yeah, I know. Listen, so stress, it does. Psychosomatic it, illnesses exist. <laughs> what is that? Is there poison in this house? I don't know what the fuck is going on. Ugh. What is for that? Real? It happened to me too. It's like so My sharply itchy. Tight and itchy. I don't know, you guys. Okay, so this is <laughs> this is why we felt the need to write a full statement about Dustin, as opposed to just making a decision about Farrell. We this is too close to home for us not to have said something. Yeah. And now our throats and now our throats, throats, throats hurt. hurt. Um, so this is uh we're having a panic stress throat disease yeah. right now. Um Please donate to our patron. <laughs> We're pathetic. Help us. We need, we need money for our medical bills, uh, for our throats. Um, for But d- truly, like, we will go on. Our hearts will go on. Yeah. This podcast will go on. But we could really use your help by donating on our Patreon at whatever level you can afford. It'll help us with the cost of hosting. Yeah. And books. And also, like, if if you feel so inclined... And this is just like more for me and Lindsay's mental health. Um, if you have something nice to say about our show, um, feel free to leave us a nice review on Apple Podcasts. Like, yeah, that helps. It helps, and like, I don't know. Sometimes I read them, and it it it's really nice to read like a nice, thoughtful review. Yes, I don't know. It can really turn your day around. Um, another thing you can do to help us out and help the situation out is um to know that you can call a hotline if you are a victim of sexual assault the number to call if you are a victim is 1-800-656-4673 that is the rain telephone hotline uh, r-a-i-n-n another way to think of it is 800-656-HOPE uh, so when you call that number, you'll be routed to a local RAIN affiliate organization based on the first six digits of your phone number. So phone callers have the option to enter the zip code of their current location to more accurately locate the nearest sexual assault service provider. So they will help you out. So obviously, again, f- this is very upsetting that Farrell is going down this way. We have enjoyed our time there. Yeah. Um. But we're ready to move forward. We're ex- yeah. we're like looking towards the future with bright eyes and it's bushy tails. It's not a tails. catastrophe for the podcast. No, we're um, still coming at you. We're yeah. supposed to be coming at you. Um, yeah. The way more important thing is take care of yourselves, take care of each other. Yeah. Call someone if you need help. Yeah. Don't don't stay. Yeah. Don't stay in that. Yeah. Our hearts go out to Abby mm-hmm. and everybody else he affected. Absolutely. Um, but do, do you want to uh, move from talking about? I would love to uh, in real uh, abuse in real life to abuse in fiction. I'd love to. Uh, so let let's go back in time to our very first outside genre episode on Stephen King's Carrie. Hope you enjoy. Thanks for listening. It's happening. It's been chosen. Patrick Scholes chose Stephen King's Carrie. Thank you so much, Patrick. Thanks, I- Patrick. 
I actually have never read this book. I knew but forgot that. Yeah. I had only <laughs> seen the Brian De Palma movie with Sissy Spacek. Which is a very good movie. So it's one of my favorite it's movies. It's one of four good Stephen King adaptations. Mm-hmm. We got Carrie. Mm-hmm. We got Shining. Mm-hmm. We got Green Mile. Mm-hmm. And Shawshank Redemption. Mm-hmm. Right? Any others? None that I can think of. I, I mean, we'll so. see with Dark Tower. It's coming out. <gasps> True. With Idris, Idris Elba. Mama. Nope. Stop that. Okay. I hate it. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I fucking love that movie. And guess what? I love this book. This is yep. a good book. It is. It was like a little bit of a, <laughs> I want to say mind fuck to suddenly have <laughs> really good writing. Yeah. Because, like, I'm busy and all I'm reading in these books. I know. Well, like, it was it, it was really interesting because it was, like, in the first page, I was like, oh, that's <laughs> A right. breath of fresh air. I was like, what is that? A breeze? It was. It is a breeze. And its name is Stefan King. <laughs> Stefan King. Um. It was great. I really loved this book. There were a couple parts where I was like, all right, we can like use a little bit of editing. But where or um, what Stephen King books have you read? Uh, it, long, long ago, mm-hmm. like we talked about, do not remember the end mm-hmm. until you told me. Because it's insane. Um, uh, uh, Tommy Knockers. Mm-hmm. That's a good uh, one. It's long. Long, that long. That was a Coke phase book. Yeah. And I remember like we only had like the big hardcover one so i was lugging that thing around yeah um 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 i read cujo which he does not remember writing and it shows yeah i must have bought that one from that earthbooks in burbank i think it's called earthbooks what if it's not oh my god (laughs) embarrassing so embarrassing um but i eventually decided that i couldn't read a book about Mm. a dog who like uh it so, made me sad for the dog. Yeah. It's gonna make me too sad for that dog. Yeah. Um what else? I think I actually read The Dark Tower. Did I? I don't remember. Uh you I know what I'm finding now that and now that we started doing this podcast, I don't remember what books I've read and what books I haven't. Because it's just like so much hard like consuming so much in popular culture. Yeah. Stephen King books. I'm trying to so think it's what, hard to I feel like if you listed them I could be like, yes, no. Because <laughs> I don't like, know right if we now, need to do that. But. Right, no, we don't have to. Right now, I I can't think of other ones that I've read of his. Oh, uh, what was the one? There was one with snow. <laughs> Something happens in the snow. Um, misery when when he crashes in the snow. No, let's not worry <laughs> I about that. I was like, I feel like you'd remember that one. <laughs> Um, let's see, let's see, let's see. Oh, I read The Stand. The Stand um, and Firestarter are my favorites. I really liked, I loved The Stand. And you know what? I think I did read Dark Tower. Now that I'm looking at the cover. Uh, I think I read Finders Keepers. Read The Dead Zone. Um, I have not read The Dead Zone. It would be easier for me to... Um, Say the books I haven't read than the ones I have. <laughs> Brag. <laughs> I'm a little bit of a kinghead. Uh, I'm a kinghead. <laughs> uh, I specifically king remember reading The Dead Zone and being terrified in the back of my aunt's Toyota. It was a type of van. 
They're very round say exactly what the name is, Kelly. Shit. Otherwise, we can't continue until you've named. I don't know what kind of van it was. It was Mm. a silver van. It's like the kind of round. I don't know what it's called. They have like a very round front. It's a minivan. Mm. Has captain seats in the middle. You can swivel them around. I don't know. Um, That's fun, though. It, I remember being very jealous of that. I was like, God, Mom, why can't we have a van that has Captain Seas that swivel <laughs> around? Um, I read Eyes of the Dragon, and I was kind of like, what? <laughs> 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 but, like, uh, uh, Flag is in it, and Flag is in the, the stand. It was like a weird little tie-in. I read Dreamcatcher. I have not read Dreamcatcher. He's written so many books. So I was thinking. Many. I was thinking yesterday about how wealthy Stephen King is. There are like eight, <laughs> There are like eight authors that are like filthy rich, and he's one of them. Yeah, it's like I feel like we're huge old. output, but very good. Yeah, very good, very good, and also very adaptable into movies. Like especially if you do something like horror, which is like ooh, people love that. Um, but with good ideas behind it, I feel like there is never a time that there's not an adaptation of a Stephen King movie being made or like or in talks or something. Show. Yeah. There's always some kind of adaptation happening. People are talking about. Yeah. It. Everybody's always trying to do it because it's like, oh, let's just make things that already exist. Yep. And tons of reboots too. remix. Mm-hmm. They remade Carrie. Remix. They re- <laughs> remix. They remixed it. They remixed Carrie. I didn't see the new Carrie. I didn't either because it looked bad. I remember if it was, if people liked it. People detested it. Okay. Hmm. The thing I liked about this is that it kind of, like, all of these characters are such grotesques. There are so many, like, it's like they're very, like, Dickensian. Like, her mom is such a grotesque. Where she's, like, a religious fanatic to a point of, like, seriously, loco banana pants. Mm -hmm. This lady is... She keeps trying to kill Carrie. Yeah. She's trying to kill Carrie. This is what stuck with me when I read it when I was a teenager is like, I just, I can't get over how sad I am for Carrie. This book is very heartbreaking. so sad. Yeah. It's so sad. It is so sad. This, like, this is a very heartbreaking book. And when she just dies in the street, like, that is... I didn't remember that so part sad. where Sue finds her. Sue Snell? Mm-hmm. Sue Snell. Yeah. I mean, it's just like you've got this mom who's like so controlling, a, a, fina- a religious fanatic to a point where she thinks that like regular churches are evil. Yeah. Um, like Even d- having sex is evil, which makes... No sense, because the Bible no. also tells you to, you know, propagate, right? That's the word? Yeah, and I think, I mean, I think a lot it's of it has to do with the fact that she's, like, kind of cuckoo. Go forth and be fruitful. Yeah. Sow I those do. oats. I wonder if it started for her as a kid seeing her grandmother do things and I thinking think so. she was a witch. I think so. No, and it's interesting because interesting. her parents the mom's parents so carrie's grandparents did not seem to be religious at all nope and it's this religious fanaticism sprung up in carrie's mom yeah it's like it was just purely her mm-hmm. yep and it was like the the sexual shame aspects of it were like so heartbreaking to me 
that like off the charts. It's off, <laughs> it's off the, the chart. charts. <laughs> Sexual shaming. Because it's like. So basically, there's like the the first time in Carrie's life that this like sexual th- shame thing happened. Um, it resulted in her first like TK like experience where no, she not she'd been doing it since oh right infancy. she was playing with the the her first remembered one where it was like so yes. bad that it just happened because she was so stressed yeah and it was because she was three and she like sees the neighbor girl wearing a bikini while sunbathing Mm -hmm. and she just talks to her and that's it and the mom flips her fucking shit out like she is so she is detestable like she is a vile like she is a grotesque like she is subhuman almost the way this mom acts yeah she i mean it is (laughs) The way she like started scratching at herself and like punching herself in the mouth. Crazy. She's crazy. She's crazy. And like, and what she is doing is straight up abuse. She is locking Carrie up in this closet. That's like the prayer room where she has to, where she makes, she locks Carrie in there until like a couple times Carrie like soils herself, like passes out from the fumes of her own like waste and like. All the descriptions of everything make me all and did before it make me want to jump inside this book yes. and save this fictional character because well, it, that's how yeah. well written it is and how extreme the abuse is. And the sad thing is, is that, I mean, there's a lot of sad things about this book, but that Carrie doesn't have an escape at school because her mom fucked her up so much <laughs> so that she like that everyone is so mean. First of all, they're so mean. I couldn't get over that. When I read it the first time, I was like, how can everybody be so mean? And I did wonder, and I still wonder now, like, is that more of the time? I kind of wonder that, too. Because I just, I don't think that that would happen. I don't think it would have happened in my high school. I don't think. I don't think. I think what. I guess. I don't think. But here's the thing. We also grew up. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But gay people and minorities. Yeah. Even now. So I I don't know. And at the same time, too, like with if we just say like this specific incident, right, like this weird girl that nobody really likes gets her period. I think people would just whisper about it. Like this is how it probably would have happened at my school. The mean kids and probably me, too. Like I was like so happy to not be the bottom rung that like I probably would have like giggled about it like oh this girl's getting her period and giggled and I wish that I wouldn't have been like that the adult me looks back on that person and is like god like you don't need to have everybody like you at the expense of this poor person but I think what might have happened was that people would just giggle and like someone would give her a tampon or a yeah because I think either of us if if it got to the point of throwing tampons, no, I would not have thrown. Up, no, I would have stepped in front of those tampons I, for sure. Like, I have no doubt in my mind that I, I would have done something. Whereas if like she was just like bleeding and screaming, I would have been like, "Okay, I'm gonna go get the coach." Yeah, you're insane because yeah. I wouldn't have realized that she didn't understand what was going on. So it's. There is this, okay, so we, when I was in high school, we went on this, uh, my, I, I have mentioned before that my parents wanted me to do youth group, and we went on this trip um, 
And there was this girl with us who like, there was always in every youth group, the one kid who like the only social activity they were allowed to do was youth group. And she was very, very pious, very, very pious. And I remember, and so this is why this is not so, so shocking to me. This is crazy that this happened. Uh, we were all like, it was not a very pious youth group, but she was more pious. And I remember we were on this trip and everyone like they, we didn't even say grace before we ate. Although that's not super. Anyway, that's, um, I think that's relatively common yeah. at this point. But so she stops everyone and she's like, can we please just for a second, I'd like to pray because I've been bleeding from my privates and I want to be able to have kids someday. So if we could, could we just pray that I am healed? And she was probably 16 at the time. Oh, that's sad. Like, I and, and she was it unbelievable that, like, that would happen to a person, that a person, I mean, at the time, it's like I believe it in the book. Mm-hmm. And if I was confronted with it, I'd be like, holy shit. Yeah. Which I'm sure was the reaction No, everyone was everybody just shocked. Had. Like, completely shocked. That's... But that's extreme. Well, like her mom barely let her go on this trip. Like this was like a huge thing for yeah. her. She was homeschooled. Yeah. Um, her mom like pinned the amount of money she was allowed to spend each day on each outfit she folded up for her. Like this was like intense. Like this girl. Yeah. But I remember like. That is a disservice to your child. It is. Like, I mean, in Carrie's case, it's like, yeah, you're her mom was insane and abusive yeah but in that case where it's like you're just like homeschooling your kid but you're not teaching a girl exactly what's gonna happen to her i exactly side note have you read are you there god it's me margaret no i was gonna say recently but you haven't read it at all no i've never read it wow but the name of it is so familiar it is a bad book. Okay, <laughs> but it's about a group of girls because this was a lot more common. Is a group of girls like wants to get their period. Yep. So it's a girl like praying to God every day because she wants to get it. That really she bad. get her period and grow boobs. Oh, it's like it's so depressing. And her friend Nancy is such a fucking cunt. <laughs> <laughs> she's so mean. She's mean to everybody. She's a liar. That's she's so a mean annoying. Liar. Yeah. Speaking of cunts. Chris, what a cunt. This is like, this is like capital K, capital U, capital N, capital T, cunt. This is worse than that. I don't know what we can add to that to make it more than capital K, cunt. Exclamation point, the number one. Yeah. (laughs) All caps, cunt. All caps, cunt. She's an all caps, exclamation point, cunt, plus something that makes it worse. (laughs) Yeah, because she's like, she is an entitled like very used to getting her own way apple doesn't fall far from the tree because her dad is just just as much that way her dad's this lawyer who threatens to sue the school because she gets disciplined for leading all the girls in doing something really horrendous to a person which if you guys aren't familiar and for some reason haven't seen the movie or read the book do one of those things it's really good yeah chris is the girl who is the, the bitch who like starts shit and keeps it up on carrie and is just generally a bully to everybody her whole life and is the one who comes up with the pig's blood idea. Yeah. So I, I loved the part where um, the coach, Miss Desjardins, mm-hmm. um, pushes her into the lockers and is like, shut your fucking mouth, Chris. Yeah. You should be ashamed of yourself. Blah, blah, blah. And I loved it when um, 
was it the vice principal or the principal? Probably the principal. Oh, when her he dad yells at the dad. He's like, you know what? As much as we are Chris's parent when you're not around, we're also Carrie's parent. So if you try to sue us over Chris, we'll counter sue you for Carrie's sake. Yeah. And I was like, uh, yeah. Yeah. The problem is, is if those two things hadn't happened, the whole thing wouldn't have happened. Because that's what's cool about the book is every little mm-hmm. thing, whether mean or nice, leads to the moment where Carrie snaps. Yeah. Well, because everything pushes someone some way. Mm-hmm. Because so like him saying that makes the dad back off, which then makes Chris be like, I need to take this into my own hands. Exactly. And she comes up with the idea. Similarly, when Sue like basically tells off um, Chris in that soda shop, where are they? They're in some soda shop. Uh, and she's like, what we did was like really bad. I feel really bad about it. And we fucked up. We yeah, did a shitty thing. Really bad. And uh, Chris is like, what the fuck? And like she walks out and Chris is fuming and that like pushes her to like try and, you know, mm-hmm. do things her way. And then that pushes Sue to tell Tommy to ask Carrie to prom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so sad. And, and this- I love, I love slash, I, I hate them because they make me sad, but I love stories where it's like every single little thing added up to make this thing you don't want to happen happen. And I liked that like every person's action counted. Like that is like Yeah. Um I don't know. I think that's thoughtful and that like I feel like we've been exposed to a lot of writing lately that has just like things happening that never have any resolution, don't really have don't any pay off, purpose. Don't yeah. really add to the story. Yeah. Or the characters. But like this it was. It was like every single little thing pushed everything forward if any one of these links in the chain had broken there it would not have happened it's really sad and interesting and i liked that sue and tommy weren't like in on the joke yeah they truly weren't i liked that like i liked that and i liked that tommy died anyway like all of this it's just like you know what people fucking suck like this is a like I, I don't know like I like that there were stakes there were stakes in that Tommy dies mm-hmm. but it wasn't at Carrie's hands no it just gets bonked and and then that's another thing like where if he hadn't been bonked he might have been able to stop Carrie yeah and make her understand that he wasn't a part of it and like interrupt the laughter in some way yeah but he died he just died. He just gets bonked on the head, and the last mm-hmm. thing he thinks is like, "Is that blood?" and just dies. No, the last thing or what he is thinks it? is like, "Ow, that hurt!" And then oh, he's yeah. dead. <laughs> he doesn't even get to finish. Uh, the ow, thought. that hurt! <laughs> ow, that hurt! <laughs> and I also liked the like little, I almost said like interstitials, but like the little like people's train of thought. Yeah, or like thoughts. interrupting, and then we interrupting the. Narrative. I loved that. Mm-hmm. That's a big king. Yeah, thing to I do. love that. It's interesting though because in the in the hashtag condol version, <laughs> it it is just like regular type but in parentheses. Mm-hmm. Whereas in print, it is I think also in parentheses but always italicized. Oh, so it took me a second. I was like, oh, what is that? And I was like, oh right, <laughs> right. The king thing where you hear everyone's thoughts for yeah. like a second, for just a second, and just a snippet, mm-hmm. just like a piece, and like not even full sentences. I love that. Just like a basic human yeah 
quick response to something. I love that. Um, there were a couple moments uh, that were very of their time because there were a couple of... Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> of, uh, really fucking racist Some N-word shit? moments, like two, two N-word moments. The first just outright. But the thing is, is, so part of what I like about Sue's character is that she knows she's not completely altruistic in trying to get and telling Tommy to ask Carrie. Yeah, to she just wants to feel better. She feels bad. And she knows that it stems from both that she's like, she's generally a nice person, but also she feels like shit. And she realizes how much she has contributed to Carrie's pain over the years. And all of a sudden sees herself going down this path of being like a cookie cutter, white bread wife mm-hmm. whose happiest moments end in high school. Yeah. And then it's just whatever, like, expected bullshit that everybody does. But part of that bullshit is making sure that black people aren't, a, like, allowed in this, in like, their, prestigious like, gated community or something. Yeah, community. Yeah. But the N-word is used, which is like, ooh, I hate saying that word. Yeah. But it's also used in a way that you definitely know that that's makes the person using that word terrible. It's well, not like... Yeah. It's, it's not, not like that. It's Stephen not the author's King's, voice. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. It's expressing an ugly worldview that she doesn't want to be a part of. Yeah. And I think and when it happens, it's the second time where I'm like, oh, no. Yeah. Well, there was another word that he used that I was like, I don't when he's like describing her getting a fat lip. Yeah. Negroid. Yeah. Yeah. That fucking sucked. That fucking In that sucked. One, that was the author's voice. That was Stephen King's voice. It was Stephen King's like, voice like cloaked in like that shitty boyfriend's voice, but not really. No, I don't think that was even cloaked. Ew. I know. Stephen I think it King. was just, I'm not saying it's good, but it's like, you do see a progression in Stephen, in like both popular culture and in Stephen King's brain where it's like, oh, that's not something we say. Yeah. That's not an okay thing to say. Yeah. But it's also a huge part in the stand. There's yeah. a lot of shit in the stand where like everybody says that um what's his face's voice? Like when you hear it, it sounds like a black person. You think a black yeah. person is yeah. singing. But then very often it uses the N-word instead. And it's like, oh good. Yeah. I would be very happy if that was scrubbed. That it's is not something necessary. I don't think adds to yeah, it's, the tale. No. I want to find I should go find a new copy and see if it scrubbed the N-word, which yeah. it fucking should. Yeah. God, I hope so. Because, yeah, this, it, like, for that, I, like, it is so, it threw me out of the book. Like, I was like, no! Like, every yeah. time I saw it, I was like, ah, oh, damn, Stephen King. I only remember the two times. That just the flat-out N-word is used twice. Oh, really? But oh, it's both but in her, like, In her mind. mind. Like, yeah. I don't want to go down this path. Yeah. Yeah, it was the time when, so Chris's boyfriend billy who's helping her with the pig's blood and it's just like oh god fucking awful he is a human monster he sucks. he's horrible he's really bad because like towards the end like he's pushing for it to happen more than chris mm-hmm. but so he punches her at a certain point like they have they have that weird like abusive angry sex they have like yeah like angry thing. fighting sex yeah which is gross i'm sure it's true yeah and cases but it's <laughs> gross it was um <laughs> but he like he punches her and so her lip swells up and that's when stephen king says swells up and looked like a negroid lip and i was like 
oh, kill me now. Yeah. That I was like, God damn it. I was not a fan of that. You know what? All of this could have been scrubbed it from could. this. We got it on Condal. I know. That means we've got like the recent oh, version. Man. It should have been just scrubbed. It should have been scrubbed. Because the thing is. It could have been changed to blacks instead yeah. of N-word and keep the same meaning. And then that just needed to be taken out altogether. It's just, boom, she got a fat lip. Yeah, Her lips held up. Done. Yeah. End of story. Yeah. Yeah. Why bring, like. It just sounds like ignorant gross. and like old. Yes, it is both. Yeah. It is both of those things. So I totally did not need that. But yeah, we definitely, I actually kind of forgot that until you mentioned, I was like, oh, fuck, yeah. Because I was so annoyed with it when I was reading it yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, Toward, oh, I forgot about this until just now. In the In the thick of my dad starting to spiral in his alcoholism, mm-hmm. we actually had a conversation where he was like, I don't understand why I can't use the word Negro. Oh, my God. It's not an insult. I was like, who fuck? Just don't use it. Why yeah. do you need to it use harkens it? Why back is it to an, an important era. word to you? He's like, because it's a word that and it means I was just say black people. Just yeah. say black. Why do you, you don't need that word? That word comes with so many, so much baggage. So much. It baggage. doesn't mean anything Why? to him. Why? That's what it reminds me of. Like Ooh, when I remembered people... another gross part. <laughs> no. God damn it! It's where the woman comes out with a face mask on, and he says it looked like she was like getting ready to be in a minstrel show. Was it in here? Yeah, in Carrie. I don't remember that. It's when like shit is going down, and all the um, telephone. And power lines start to fall oh. and everybody comes out of their houses. And so right, this right. woman comes out with a face mask on. Again, like, uh, the imagery is correct, but doesn't need Just because, to be. But here's the thing. Doesn't need to be the thing you say. Just because the imagery works yeah. doesn't mean that you have to use it. Just, like, give yourself more credit than that and come up with a better, like, just be smarter. I mean, That's the was, thing. It's like 1976. It is just dancing on the edge of when he should have known better. Yeah. But there's no but reason it should like, be in mean, here now. It's not like he stayed that way through the rest of his career, but it's still so shitty and it should be taken out of the books. Yeah. There's just no need. I just don't. There, there is no need. There Boo. is. No, I would have liked this book a million times more if that wasn't in there. But it just it takes you out of it. Yeah. To such an extreme degree. Mm hmm. It totally. Completely. And then all I'm thinking about is like, oh, oh, God. Oh, yeah. And then there was like the part where that one dude comes uh, when Carrie and um, her and Tommy. Oh, God, George. Go, yeah, George. And she's like, George is funny, but he's like talking about killing gooks. And I was like, I don't. Oh, God. Yeah. He's, I remember a kid in high school called me a gook one time. And I was like, why? No. Well, I was just shocked because I was like, that is Where such did a you weird. Even learn that exactly. Word, I was like, "Did you learn it from?" Oh no, he called my mom a gook. That's right, which was much worse because my mom is a refugee from Vietnam, oh so it was like weird. God. But I remember thinking, like, you had to go to lengths to like. That's not a word that's in common parlance. So you, yeah, you really worked for that. Like word. what? Like talked to a weird racist uncle and like thought that was cool and decided to bring it. It was weird. But yeah, like, so reading that, I was like, oh, like, God, it is just rampant through this book. 
And Carrie's like, he's kind of funny. I was like, no, Carrie. I mean, I get it. You don't know what funny is. He's kind of shitty, but you have a low barometer for what, like, pleasant is. This whole fucking town does. This whole town sucks. And I think, I mean, Tommy and Sue are the only bright spots. And that sheriff. (laughs) Oh, yeah, the sheriff. Oh, and the mom and the girl who's sunbathing. Oh, yeah. I liked them. Yeah. Yeah. Because the mom was like, fuck that. like, five people are allowed to live. (laughs) Yeah. This oh, whole and the guy, the guy who, in it, like, like he's on the Andy Griffith show, checks himself into the jail when he's like gotten drunk oh, yeah. and is feeling ornery, <laughs> and he's like, "I feel like I'm gonna fight." Yes, yeah. there's this character <laughs> who instead, when he like wants to fight when he's drunk, he's like, "Going on down to the to the county jail, and I'm gonna go ahead and check myself into my bed and sleep it off." I mean, that is like Otis, yeah, in the Andy Griffith show. And then he says, a character's name is Otis. So it's fully a oh, reference. Oh, yeah, to totally Griffith is. Show. I did like that sheriff. Um, he like sees Sue. Sue's like, it was Carrie. It was Carrie. It was Carrie. This is after like the school's blowing up. And he, she's like hysterical. So he like slaps her. And at first I was like, ah, sexist. But then <laughs> uh, who comes up to him? It's a dude. Right after. And he slaps him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, oh, the town, the town. And he's just like, oh, calm down. And so he like does the only thing he knows what to do is just like right. slap. It's like, everyone's oh. losing their shit. Like that's his like coping mechanism is to just like slap the shit out of people. I, I didn't remember this part how. Well, first, I didn't remember that Carrie ravages the town too. I was thinking it was just the high school. Yeah. I completely forgot that. Um, But as she's like going down the streets taking out fire hydrants in any possible way for them to fight the fires that started at the school and then the gas stations. Everybody is tuned in on a psychic frequency with Carrie. And that's why, like, everybody's like, oh, it's Carrie White. Carrie did it. We have to find Carrie. And people will be like, how do you know that? And they're like, I don't know. It's like, do you know who Carrie is? Not really, but Carrie's responsible yeah, because she, so basically, like, she, at the beginning of the book, I guess the, her T, TK had been, like, largely dormant, except for periods of being, like, very stressed out. And then when she has puberty, when she hits puberty, she's then able to kind of start using it and she starts practicing on various items. Um, but it still will come out in, like, uh, like, it will, her telekinesis will like explode out of her when she's very stressed out and this mm-hmm. incident with the pig's blood which like she's like dirt that stresses her out. yeah <laughs> that just like shoots her over the edge she goes berserk and like i'm just picturing her like telekinetic energy just shooting out and like just being this like um like just wave, this layer, like this wave, wave, yes, going like out. just complete, like permeating everything and everybody's affected by it and everybody knows, like they're all like, it's Carrie. But it's interesting that that is a part of her TK because mm-hmm. psychic abilities aren't it's different. usually associated. It's yeah. like purely like um, control over objects. Mm-hmm. But in this, everybody's psychically linked. Maybe that's just because of how extreme a case it was. Yeah. But, oh, the the fucking sadness that Carrie feels when she is like, I got tricked again. I mm-hmm. don't know why I thought that I could do that, like, things were going to change for me. 
you're like, no, it was going to change. Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. changing. It wasn't all of them. It was just it Chris was... and that gross dude that likes to fuck her hard in his car. It's, it, oh. And then everybody laughing. And, like, I get that, that, like, you see this extreme thing happening. You're just like, oh, my God. Yeah, and that's totally, like, I have, like, in very high moments of distress, have just laughed and I'm like I'm so I don't know why it's happening I'm sorry like it's just happening and, and that's, that's what those people said was happening yeah and they were like it was or in the the one girl's is it Norma her yes like an excerpt from her mm-hmm. book about it because like um if you haven't read it I feel like everybody knows the plot of Carrie but so we'll just touch on like finer mm-hmm. details that you may not know if you didn't read it so interspersed with the story are like after like accounts after the massacre kind of explaining what happened and giving some context to things so it'll be like court interviews excerpts from autobiographies excerpts from nonfiction work investigating the whole carry like thing. scientific reports scientific reports on telekinesis um i so thought that all, was cool i thought it was really cool too i loved that um yeah so that's all in there so one of the books that is like quote unquote excerpted, <laughs> excerpted, <laughs> excerpted, <laughs> um, is or just one of the girls in at the prom. Yeah, um, and she says it was like you were either going to laugh or cry, and nobody was going to cry for Carrie White. Yeah, that was really sad. So <laughs> sad. Yeah. Fuck you, Norma. Yeah. Go and she was yourself. she was so mean to her earlier too. I loved the when she went and talked to her and how everything sarcastic she said was in all caps. Mm-hmm. Like, like Carrie, oh my god, I love your dress. Where did you Where get did it? Did you get it? Where did you get it? Ugh. Like, oh, you fucking bitch! And I love that when she leaves because Carrie actually gets in a dig yep. on her and she leaves and she's like, that's. Not usually how interactions with Carrie go. <laughs> and Carrie's like, oh, that's what it Look feels like for people that interact with yeah. me. It was really sad. <laughs> but like, and also like, God, when she makes a joke and then people laugh and she's like, oh, like. Like all of a sudden she feels like a human being. Because they were treating her <laughs> subhuman. And all of a sudden, just because she's <sighs> with Tommy, everybody's treating her like a human being. And it's just like such a relief. Mm-hmm. And, and oh, uh, if Tommy hadn't voted for them, I know if Tommy hadn't voted for them, and he thought he was being she nice. Begged him not to vote. She for knew them. she was and like, then "Please his don't." Was the deciding vote? Oh, if any one of these things hadn't yeah. happened, we wouldn't have a book. But I would be happier. <laughs> Poor Carrie. It's I like, just wanted a happy ending for Carrie. And throughout the prom, she, at first she's like, "This is gonna be bad," and then she like starts like. All of her doubts are slowly eroded away until the pig's blood is dropped on her. And that is really fucking sad. It's not fair. It's so it's not sad. Fair. I think this is maybe the only Stephen King book where I'm going, no, it's not fair. <laughs> this is a very... Don't happen. It's a very, like, heartbreaking book like it just reminds me of like a dickensian 
novel yeah. where everybody's fucking it's terrible. An orphan is just being yeah. shit on over and over and over again. Yeah. And they can't catch a break. Or like a Flannery O'Connor. Like everyone's oh, so yeah. like cartoonish and evil. And like we've got this poor person. And life is just terrible. Terrible. Like this town sucks. This town is horrible. But then, like, the sheriff's whole thing is that he keeps thinking, like, oh, that can't be my town. This can't be my town. Where is my town? My town is disappearing. This can't be. And he's like, fuck your town, dude. Yeah. Your town fucking sucks. Your, all your fucking kids ruined Carrie's life. Ugh. Yeah, it was, like, it's like even in Misery, mm. when Annie Wilkes is cutting off Paul Sheldon's feet, <laughs> I'm not going, <laughs> it's not fair yeah i'm just like oh god that's no, horrible just like, no no but this is like this extended like just this humiliation Misery. dehumanization of this person by miserable people that live in this bumfuck town like this this seems more appropriate to be called misery. Yeah. Like, no, this whole thing is like, miserable. She gets like an hour of reprieve. Does she? Doing what? Just being at prom for like two oh, yeah. seconds. In her whole life. Yeah, yeah I thought you meant her, her day. whole life. And even like, and when she's at home, it's like her mom's like terrorizing her all the time. She's like surrounded by these like horrible images of like jesus Christ being suffering like, yeah like or like god visiting plague yeah. on sinners Ugh. and there's one image that she likes in her house and it's like jesus and some sheep yeah she's like oh i like that but everything else is horrible her whole life is just pain pain and suffering and her name should be misery and then <laughs> carrie should be the name of the other book <laughs> and just one of the characters is named oh, that no. so like she like Oh, my God. So she just, like, lived. This is the fucked up part, too, is that. Just this one part. <laughs> yeah, just just this. If we can boil it down to just this one thing. is pretty fucked up. But that, like, okay. So everyone fucking knows that something nefarious and bad is going on in this house. But Carrie no is so unlikable that they just don't care to, like, report it. Because they're all, like, they find Carrie repulsive. But the reason they find her repulsive is because everybody makes her repulsive. Like yeah. they create, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy or it's yeah. like an outward fulfilling prophecy. Like because yeah. like she is repulsive because they are repulsed by her. And like the whole reason that they've decided to be repulsed by her is because of her mom being fucking annoying and horrible. And like, so they already don't like her mom. They're like, Nobody we don't like this. steps in and is like, no one. the mom is abusive. Not a single fucking person. Like the next door neighbors, mm -hmm. the ones that we even like, the suntan girl and her mom, they see how much the mom flips her fucking shit. When she's like, her eyes are like bovine huge. She's, she's drooling. skin off. Tearing her skin, like Bonking her own head, like they're hearing a three-year-old scream inside the house. And the thing was, and I and, and that girl then cites, I actually loved this description about how this girl's talking about this. Cause she's like, This reminds me of when I was in New York City and we see this like older man dragging this little girl, and the little girl is just weeping and like has a like bloody snot. nose from crying yeah. so much and nobody did anything. Yeah. And it's like this. It's like nobody wants to get involved. 
because it's just it's too sad. It's too sad and too weird and too icky and too like like, like people are just your like no life gets intertwined. Exactly. Like I, it's a very it's like so <laughs> like I feel bad but not bad enough to like burden my life with this Carrie girl. And when she says like I wanted to cry but it was too real and I couldn't. And like that too like when you see someone like being trapped in like this kind of life it leaves that like weird, hollow, bad feeling in the pit of your stomach and you just feel like sick thinking about someone's existence being so terrible. Yeah, there's just a dull ache yes. in your diaphragm. Yes, and you feel like you need something, like you need water or you need to throw up or you need something, but like it's easier just to be like, okay, I just won't see it. And that's what all these people in this town do. They're just like, well, I just won't see Carrie like because she represents what we don't like. But God, did you see Okja? No, Have I didn't. Have I talked about Okja yet? No, you haven't talked about it to me yet. No. That's insane because I would not shut up about Okja to other people for a while. <laughs> it is two hours of misery. It is this, <laughs> no. but worse. With like a little it is animal. so bad. It is so, I, the movie isn't bad. Like it's not a perfect movie, but it is just an onslaught of pain and really? suffering and i was like well i'm a vegetarian now yeah <laughs> and then i was not i wasn't eating meat and then i was getting weaker because i oh. wasn't having any protein oh no and so now i'm just trying to like sparingly have meat like only things yeah and i already had protein powder baby yeah that'll help but like only grass-fed. Yeah. <laughs> and I already was getting only pasture-raised eggs. So I'm mm -hmm. just, like, avoiding meat in, like, restaurants. Mm -hmm. And then just buying from trustworthy sources. Yeah. But it was, like, watching my dog get tortured for two hours. Horrible. It was so sad. It's so sad. Oh, no. I both... Highly recommend it, and uh, you shouldn't see it. <laughs> okay. Okay. It's like everybody should have to watch it because everybody should stop eating meat. Yeah. But I know that's not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> it was like this. It was just just watching a helpless creature be tortured with, yeah. and not be able to get out of it. Man. Yeah. It's a bummer. Giant bummer. It's like this. It is this. Because then it it's just this, this miserable end. So we uh, remind me, does Chris get killed? Yeah. How does she die? Uh, Carrie causes a car accident with her and Billy. Oh, I thought she stumbles out of the... Does she, she doesn't get out of the car? Because Billy dies on impact, right? She gets thrown against... She gets thrown against the, the dash. dashboard. That's right. They're both dead. Oh, they're both dead. Yeah, okay. They're both dead. And Sue finds Carrie just after that had happened. Yes. And it's interesting because... She didn't go there to kill Billy and Chris. She doesn't even know that they put the pig's nope. blood there. She goes because her mom wouldn't shut up about roadhouses mm -hmm. and being like hotbeds of sin. And so it's like this weird kind of last ditch effort to atone for everything she did that her mother thinks was sinful. Even and she having just killed the mom. Yeah, and having just killed her mom. Because like right after she kills her mom too, she's like... She's got this knife in her shoulder, she has first of all. A fucking the mom butcher knife was in her gonna, shoulder. Like, kill her. Yeah. 
When she was three, she was going to cut Carrie's eyes out for having looked at the neighbor girl. That was insane. But in at this point, she was just like, well, time to kill Carrie. Yeah. I was pulling my punches before, but no more. Yeah. I'm insane. Yeah. She basically, so Carrie it has just like completely demolished the school, has locked everybody in there, turned on all the water sprinklers, overloaded all of the electronics. So basically everybody is fried to death. She's holding the doors closed with her mind. It's barely anything for her to hold them closed. Yeah. That's what's so interesting is that it's not like I've closed the doors and now they're just not going to open. It's that the entire time she's doing anything, she is still also keeping the doors closed. She's still also making fire hydrants like go off Mm -hmm. and water spray everywhere. She's still also causing power lines like everything is being done simultaneously it's not like she does one thing and she's done yeah she has to keep thinking about that thing. she's constantly like just like you would have to keep like holding a water bottle to keep it from falling on the ground like she's doing all of this like she's maintaining it all yes exactly maintaining and her heart is like going faster and faster and faster it hurts she and her thought was she's like my chest is on fire Mm -hmm. um so she's like, she's doing all that. Then she walks away. Everybody's dying. The whole place goes kaboom. The gas line explodes. Everything's fucked up. She leaves. Uh, chaos, chaos, chaos. I'm going to do these power lines on the ground. I'm going to do the uh, fire hydrants. Explode, explode. And she goes home. And she's like, I'm going to kill you, mother. And she they just. They both are going to kill each They're going to kill each other. Mom's got a butcher knife. And she just slowly, just telekinetically stops her mother's heart slowly. As a kindness. Mm-hmm. She's like, I will kill you peacefully. Yeah. I love I love it because it's like Carrie gets home and it's like, hello, mother. Yeah. Hello, Carrie. Yep. They're both to creepily die. ready <laughs> to kill each other. Here we are. Uh. The way it was always going to end. <laughs> but so like, I love the image too, right? Of this girl. Like, this is like the best of horror of, so she's got this fucking butcher knife just in her fucking shoulder. She's stumbling around, drenched in blood. Her dress is tattered. She's just like bloody, grimy, dirty. Blood is clotting, just drying. Like all Some she, of it is hers now. Yeah, it's just... She's been stepping on broken things. Yes, her feet are bleeding. I love the image of her. Like, I, I just got a very clear image, and I think it's partly from the movie, of her covered in blood with her tattered dress, stumbling down while there's just like chaos mm-hmm. around her while she, that she's caused. Mm-hmm. So... I thought, like, even though I'm generally like, hey, don't kill people that just, like, disagree with you. But <laughs> here I was like, y'all, you got it coming. Yeah, she, I was like, burn it down, I was Carrie. like, that place is Fuck mi- all. start over. Burn Fuck it and start them. over. Yeah, as soon as that happens, I'm like, don't care. I was like, they're not. Kill them all. Like, you can't. Kill them all, You Carrie. can't, like, reverse these people. Like, you can't fix them. They are beyond fixing. Here's what I'm sure. We would both like to acknowledge anti-school shooting. Oh, yeah, obviously. This is obviously not the real world. No. I know that this is a viewpoint that kids have who take guns to school and kill people. We are not talking about that. No. I would just like to set that to the side and make sure everybody knows that we are talking about a fictional scenario in which a girl with telekinetic powers kills a town. These are two separate things. Yeah, no, this is like... 
I don't want anyone thinking we're like, yeah, if people are mean to you at school, I'll shoot them. No. Like, because that's the real world. Obviously, we're I'm, very pro-gun control. Yes. No. Good God. Just wanted to put that out there. I didn't yeah. want I didn't No, but I was thinking that too. Well, kind of. No, I was thinking that while I was reading it, I was like, do you think, I'm sure, I'm sure that like someone that's going to go do some horrible act of like actual violence in the real world is like. I'm uh, Carrie. Yeah. When it's like, sorry, honey, this, in, this isn't like, this isn't a fucking Stephen King novel. These people that you're like going to hurt are not these like Dickensian grotesques that are like, like the. They see them that way. Yeah. But but they're, anyway. That's fiction. So I'm saying so in Carrie, this limited universe. Yeah. Carrie, Carrie. Fuck them all. Do Carrie, it. light them ablaze. Uh, uh, use your, your like, special brain Let powers. Let the world burn. Do it. Um, slightly dodge you your mom's this. butcher knife to have it be lodged in your so- shoulders Ooh. so you can look fucking badass when you're stumbling down the road. Mm-hmm. But she can't keep it going. Her heart is, like, racing. Um, she's losing a shit ton of blood. And she wouldn't even want to keep it going. No, she it's miserable. She wants to die. She wants to die. She's, it's so sad. And then, so we get, so you think like, <sighs> is Sue, because even though Sue wasn't part of this plan, she still acted in a shitty way at the beginning of this book. So she doesn't get off scot-free because she yeah, I like that. has to experience Carrie's death. And also she has to acknowledge to carry her part in everything Mm -hmm. so it's like sue's saving grace for carrie is to show up and and carrie then knows that like tommy had nothing to do with it and sue had nothing to do Mm -hmm. with it but she also doesn't let sue off the hook for participating in her misery throughout the years Mm -hmm. because so So she, she like and she is like go ahead like rifle through me like i'm a fucking file cabinet and she does i I loved that I love the description of all that. How mm-hmm. like for like that she was like being like having her memories raped. Yeah. And she was like, like was couldn't not stop it. An easy thing. Yeah. That it was like a painful, uncomfortable, hard thing for her to experience, but at the same time is like, come on in, Carrie. Yeah. But then when Carrie starts to die, she's like, Oh no, I really she's like, I don't want to experience Carrie's death, but I can't not. Yeah, so I don't. Want, just, I can't disconnect. She's yeah. like, Carrie, please let me go. Yeah. Please let me go. But please let me it's go. It's just like the death moan, the psychic death moans of Carrie are just like in her brain, and she yeah. has to feel Carrie die. Yeah, which I mean, and then if her anyone, last thought is like, "I'm sorry, Mama," and it doesn't even finish the line because I'm sorry, it. Mama. Where? Yeah, <sighs> that's really sad. It's real sad. It's incredibly sad. See, this, this is what is, we mean. Is when you start laughing when something is so horrible. This is so sad. It's incredibly sad. It's probably one of his saddest. Because even The Shining, like, there are moments of redemption. Yeah. Because it's not the same as the movie. It. This is just this is pure sadness. We are not writing... in a way where it's, like, sadness porn. No, 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 no. It's no. all very... This isn't The Lovely Bones. Yeah. <laughs> this is like... You've talked about that before. We are on a high-velocity train. Patch Adams. Oh, God. This I was is, just talking about Patch Adams the okay. other day, which is why I thought of it. Yeah. That movie is so mean. It's to mean. the female it's, character. It's very mean. The female character. The. Monica Potter. It's... It, yeah, it's not like... 
is, how sad can we be? Yeah, how sad can I make you? Yeah. It's just like, this it's is not manipulative. the story. This is the yeah. story I thought of. This is, I'm telling this story. And you know what it kind of is, too? It's because like, this is, yeah, I'm going to, like, make you feel it. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. You know what it is, though, kind of? Because it kind of is, and this is the point of, like, um, Buffon, which is, like, Qua? a form of clowning where you, like, make a grotesque out of the person that is viewing you and say, and basically the point is to be like, this is you. Hmm. I feel like this book has a very negative outlook on like the average American town. Oh yeah. And so this is kind of like, this is you. Yeah. Like this you is are like you. This. You are doing this. Which is why it is, even though he has several <laughs> terrible moments in regards <laughs> to black people, he views racism as a part of that he's like yeah you go down this path you live your regular life you're a fucking boring ugly yeah <laughs> racist like miserable piece of shit yeah and you live in a shit small town and you behave badly and you raise more kids like you yeah and you just blind yourself to the effects of the shitty things that you do and just continue on. But little do you know that you've left a wake of destruction in your path. And that shit's going to be your moment of reckoning. And not like all small towns are bad. And certainly Stephen King does not like get across a message of that. No, or no, all no. All small no. towns are bad. But in this case, it is like, yeah, it is like a, I can't think of the word I'm looking for. But it's like a um, skewering mm -hmm. of a like particular kind of town. Yes, totally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I totally agree. Because he doesn't say that everybody in the town is bad. No. There but are. any one of them could have stopped it. Like, even Me Miss Desjardins. Yeah. She she also hates Carrie. And Carrie knows that she hates her. And she wrestles with, in her head with the fact that she hates Carrie. She's like, yeah. it's not she's like cool a worse that I'm. Sue. Yeah, she's a worse Sue. And she's trying to be like, Carrie, you look so beautiful tonight. I hope you enjoy it. While at the same time being like, I had as much to do with your misery as anybody. Yeah. yeah. And when she walks away and Carrie's like, I think she was trying to say sorry. Yeah. Because it's like, like, so sadly that's beautiful. so sad that that's the closest to an apology she, she muster. got. And then I, I love how the principal and Miss... Desjardins, mm -hmm. they sub they resign. Yeah, they say I don't deserve. Yeah, to serve in any kind of school administration, I don't deserve to teach. I could have stepped in and mm -hmm. stopped this. I have as much to do with this as anybody. So it's I I like that all the people step up and they take responsibility. Mm -hmm. And I also like it's when not all ugliness. When Tommy, so the thing that like the thing that makes. Uh, I, I I loved the conversation after they've made love, mm -hmm. Tommy and Sue, when she like admits like, hey, I did this kind of like shitty thing. And I and when he says like, what is that? What did that miserable bitch ever do to you? Yeah. And he's like, what did she it's ever like, do to why, you? Yeah. You did Why'd a you do really it? shitty thing. And, and then he's like, like, thanks a lot. He's like, you did. Yeah. And he's like, sorry, I guess I'm not good at giving advice. But like and then he tells her this story about how like he once like kicked a kid in the ribs when he was down. And he and she's like, did you apologize? And he's like, no, it was different. That kid like beat the shit out of me every he day. He was a bully and, and it was still wrong to do. Whereas you've yeah. been kicking a girl in the ribs forever, forever for no good reason. And then when he's like, 
when he basically says to her, like the thing that makes her be like, <laughs> is when he's like, well, I know my life. Like I'm going to work, you know, at my parents' place and like these will be my golden Get together years. on the weekends yeah. and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, no. She's like, oh God, that's the thing I've been afraid of. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, I have to do one thing right yeah. before I leave this school. Yeah. And I so I get like myself that. out of this fucking hellhole. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Well, well, good book. Good book. Thank you again, Patrick, for suggesting it. Um, thank you to all of our $10 donors. We really appreciate your support. Yeah. And this is super fun that we get to do a book outside of our scope. And keep in mind, like, you don't have to keep it in the horror genre. Yeah, you could do anything. You could do whatever. Yeah. It, the cool, the cool world is your oyster. Like, we love doing Carrie. Yeah. And you'd be happy do, to do other horror books, but yeah. don't feel the need to stay in that lane. And you could do like I it's my assumption that you like the book Carrie, but if you guys have a book that you love to hate too, we'll do that. Like it doesn't Yeah. Any anything really. If you hate a book, we'll read it. Yeah. You want us to read Da Vinci Code? Oh I'll God. hate it again. I'll hate it again. But I'll read it. <laughs> but um yeah. Fuck they, that book. <laughs> fuck that book. Fuck Dan Brown. Um I'm gonna go hard uh fuck lovely bones. Uh, yeah. Fuck that book. Fuck that book. Um, but thank you again, Patrick. Thank you, Patrick. Thank you, everybody. So that was our carry episode. Yay. Yay. Thanks for listening. We hope that you liked it. And now we just want to play a couple of your voicemails. Yay. Um, so this first one is from Kaylee. Yay. Hi, Lindsay. Hi, Kelly. My name's Kaylee, and I live in Seattle, Washington. I've been obsessed with Christopher Pike since middle school when I read every one of his books that my school library had in stock. So I was super excited to find this podcast. Um, I have an embarrassing teen story for you. <laughs> yeah. In my high school choir, we had to do these sheet music tests where we'd go into a room with a camera and read the music and sing to show that we could read sheet music. And TAs would help the choir teacher by going in the room with you and pressing record and stop on the camera. So I had a crush on a super dreamboat TA <laughs> that was in my choir class. And he was like, I'm talking like blonde hair, blue eyes, like kind of surfer boy looking, mm. like straight out of an R.L. Stein beach book, <laughs> a classic high school crush. And he was the TA that was recording the test that day. So I go into the room and he hands me the music and I do the test. And when I'm done, he like, puts his hand out towards me and I thought he was going oh, for like no. a high five like he was impressed by me so oh I, my like, God. I like reach out and like it turns into this awkward like, row five situation <laughs> and then I realized that he wasn't trying to high five me he just wanted me to give him back the sheet music <laughs> so I was like I, I like laughed really awkwardly and then I gave him back the music and I like got out of the room as fast as I could and that's how you embarrass yourself in front of your teen crush. So uh, I just wanted to thank you both for making this podcast. It's so awesome to know that there are other people out there who love Christopher Pike books as much as I do. And keep it creepy. 
Aw. Thanks, Kaylee. Thanks so much, Kaylee. That is really <laughs> that embarrassing. That is how you embarrass yourself in front of a crush. It's oh very effective. I love that. Oh, <laughs> baby Kaylee. So sweet. That's a good story. That's a good story. <laughs> thank you so thank much you for calling so in, much. Kaylee. And thank you for listening. We're so glad that you found us, too. Yeah. Uh, we're going to go ahead and play one more uh, voicemail for this episode. And this one is from Adrian. Yay. Hi, Kelly and Lindsay. My name is Adrian. I'm a huge Adrian. fan of y'all. Pardon. Queens. Ah. <laughs> making me relive all the feels uh, every week. Thank you for your podcast. Um, so my story, I'm going to take you back to eighth grade. I Bad had time. just come off a summer <laughs> of writing a 200-page <gasps> tome on oh. psychic vampirism. Oh. Um, where I pretty much just ripped off... Uh, <laughs> Secret Circle, and uh, <laughs> another one about psychic people. Anyway, uh, yes. So I had it in a binder. Go with me here. I had it with a binder, and it Full was that women. really cool hologram wave thing yeah. that was really cool back then, 93, nice. 94. Sure. And uh, I had a huge crush on the resident stoner. His name was Adam. <laughs> he had purple hair, down nice. his ears, very mm-hmm. sexy, Good. very avant-garde. Yeah. Very 93, and, uh, 94. He liked my binder. Because when he was high, <laughs> it made him feel great. That's what he said to me. <laughs> and again, this was the binder that I kept my 200-page story in. So I went home. I took out the 200-page story. And I came back the next day and gave him the binder. Aww. He took it and he thanked me, mumbling, proceeded to fall asleep on his desk. And I was over the moon because I <laughs> knew that at that point we were dating. <laughs> so that very same class class ended I'm staying behind to talk to the teacher I walk out the door and I look down to the trash can <gasps> and there's my binder <gasps> no! sitting there discarded no! and lonely by the resident no! oh my god I could never look at him the same again that okay that's fucker. all but I love you guys I really do and uh yeah keep it creepy <laughs> oh my god, girl, Adrian! I fucking hate that guy. I hate that guy. Fuck that guy. I hope he burns in hell. God, if he what a dick. He didn't have to throw it away at school. And what a in turd. that classroom. Uh, he just received it. Oh, oh my, my god. god! What a fucking male and, oh, cunt. And you're in eighth what a grade. Cunt. You're in eighth grade. That's like the worst it. time. He is a capital K, capital cunt. K. I definitely think the capital K for sure, for sure, girl. Ew. I'm very mad. <laughs> yeah, we're very, very mad. mad. Our throats hurt and we're mad. It's like it just <clears throat> happened to me. No, I like the look of horror that Lindsay and I both shared as we were like, no. You like, said trash can. I was like, <gasps> I couldn't believe it. For oh. Kaylee, like our heart went out to her because she was us. Yeah. And for you, I want to murder a bitch. Well, also like, because we've been there right where like someone like you try to do this thing that like you're like oh like they're mm, really gonna like yeah. like this extension of friendship and then like it's they they don't like reciprocate yeah and like and and when you find out when they think you didn't notice like that's like a sad it's a sad moment for you and you alone fucking hate that guy i hate that guy Ugh. I hope he's broke now. Me too. But you know what? I love you guys for calling in and for listening yeah. and for supporting. Thank you, Adrian. Love it. Thank you, Kaylee. Uh, both 
top-notch voicemails. Top-notch. Really appreciate you calling in. Everybody else, feel free to call. We have more messages that we will play. Yay. Next week and the week after and the week after that. Yay. So thank you so much. Um, Yeah. I guess that wraps it up. Wraps Please it up. visit our Patreon page, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash teen creeps. It is. It is. I feel so legit. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. All right. So patreon.com slash teen creeps. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you can support the podcast, um, any amount that you're able to is great. Seriously. And if you can't, just your ears are enough for us. Yeah, or tell a friend. Like that's tell a like friend about us. There are plenty of ways you can support an artist without mm-hmm. paying money. Uh, word review. of mouth, leave a review. Yeah. Follow us on Twitter. Yeah, follow us on Twitter. Yeah, we have one. So <laughs> yeah, it's at Teen Creeps Pod, both yep. there and Instagram. Great. Yeah, and if you want to call into the podcast, we have this at our end bumper, but just in case, it is seven four seven three 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 six nine nine five. And Great. Thanks for listening to another episode. Keep yeah. it creepy. Thanks for listening to Teen Creeps. Our artwork is by James Mulholland. Our theme music is by Mike Carlson. Find the show on Twitter and Instagram at Teen Creeps Pod. Shoot us an email at teencreepspod at gmail.com. And please rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. And to share your teen and at work creep related stories, You can leave us a message now at 747-333-6995. For our reading schedule, go to teencreepspod.com. Thanks for listening, and keep it creepy.